Chapter Fifteen of Clotel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clotel by William Wells Brown. Chapter Fifteen. Today a mistress, tomorrow a slave. I promised thee a sister tale of man's perfidious cruelty. Come then and hear what cruel wrong befell the dark lady, Coleridge. Let us return for a moment to the home of Clotel. While she was passing lonely and dreary hours with none but her darling child, Horatio Green was trying to find relief in that insidious enemy of man, the intoxicating cup. Defeated in politics, forsaken in love by his wife, he seemed to have lost all principle of honor and was ready to nerve himself up to any deed, no matter how unprincipled. Clotel's existence was now well known to Horatio's wife, and both her and her father demanded that the beautiful quadroon and her child should be sold and sent out of the state. To this proposition he at first turned a deaf ear, but when he saw that his wife was about to return to her father's roof, he consented to leave the matter in the hands of his father-in-law. The result was that Clotel was immediately sold to the slave-trader, Walker, who a few years previous had taken her mother and sister to the far south. But as if to make her husband drink of the cup of humiliation to its very dregs, Mrs. Green resolved to take his child under her own roof for a servant. Mary was therefore put to the meanest work that could be found, and although only ten years of age, she was often compelled to perform labor which under ordinary circumstances would have been thought too hard for one much older. On condition of the sale of Clotel to Walker was that she should be taken out of the state, which was accordingly done. Most quadroon women who are taken to the lower countries to be sold are either purchased by gentlemen for their own use or sold for waiting-maids, and Clotel, like her sister, was fortunate enough to be bought for the latter purpose. The town of Vicksburg stands on the left bank of the Mississippi, and is noted for the severity with which slaves are treated. It was here that Clotel was sold to Mr. James French, a merchant. Mrs. French was severe in the extreme to her servants. Well-dressed but scantly fed, and overworked were all who found a home with her. The quadroon had been in her new home but a short time ere she found that her situation was far different from what it was in Virginia. What social virtues are possible in a society of which injustice is the primary characteristic? In a society which is divided into two classes, masters and slaves. Every married woman in the far south looks upon her husband as unfaithful, and regards every quadroon servant as a rival. Clotel had been with her new mistress but a few days, when she was ordered to cut off her long hair. The negro, constitutionally, is fond of dress in outward appearance. He that has short, woolly hair combs it and oils it to death. He that has long hair would sooner have his teeth drawn than lose it. However painful it was to the quadroon, she was soon seen with her hair cut as short as any of the full-blooded negroes in the dwelling. Even with her short hair, Clotel was handsome. Her life had been a secluded one, and though now nearly thirty years of age, she was still beautiful. At her short hair, the other servants laughed. "'Miss Chloe needn't strut around so big. She got short nappy hair well as I,' said Nell, with a broad grin that showed her teeth. "'She thinks she's white when she come here, and that long hair of hers,' replied Mill. "'Yes,' continued Nell. "'Missus make her take down her wool, so she no put it up to-day.' 
The fairness of Clotel's complexion was regarded with envy, as well by the other servants as by the mistress herself. This is one of the hard features of slavery. Today the woman is mistress of her own cottage. Tomorrow she is sold to one who aims to make her life as intolerable as possible. And be it remembered that the house-servant has the best situation which a slave can occupy. Some American writers have tried to make the world believe that the condition of the laboring classes of England is as bad as the slaves of the United States. The English laborer may be oppressed, he may be cheated, defrauded, swindled, and even starved. But it is not slavery under which he groans. He cannot be sold. In point of law he is equal to the prime minister. It is easy to captivate the unthinking and the prejudiced by eloquent declamation about the oppression of English operatives being worse than that of American slaves, and by exaggerating the wrongs on one side and hiding them on the other. But all informed and reflecting minds, knowing that bad as are the social evils of England, those of slavery are immeasurably worse. But the degradation and harsh treatment that Clotel experienced in her new home was nothing compared with the grief she underwent at being separated from her dear child. Taken from her without scarcely a moment's warning, she knew not what had become of her. The deep and heartfelt grief of Clotel was soon perceived by her owners, and fearing that her refusal to take food would cause her death, they resolved to sell her. Mr. French found no difficulty in getting a purchaser for the quadroon woman, for such are usually the most marketable kind of property. Clotel was sold at private sale to a young man for a housekeeper, but even he had missed his aim. End of chapter 15